0: I thought there was something wrong with me because I didn't see a straight path for my future. And I felt like I'd been trained and taken the route that was in front of me, but I couldn't make sense of what I was really meant to do. I loved the arts and then I loved talking to people this way and and it didn't add up to anything.
1: If you're standing on a threshold, if you feel a yearning to tap into your greatest potential but you're caught in that fuzzy in-between space of the now and not yet, don't despair. You're being invited to pivot with greater purpose. You're on the thrilling edge of becoming. You are being called to unleash your soul song. I'm Becky Fleischer, and I believe we're all born with a gift that's uniquely ours. Our very own soul song. And I discovered on my own journey that when we unleash it into the world, man, does it make life sing. You might express it through writing, science, cooking, nursing, teaching, or some other endeavor. The song is different for each of us, and its expression can change throughout your life. But it can only sing when you're in tune with your truest self. I know you're trying to get things in focus, that you're looking for encouragement and practical tools to illuminate your own personal journey. And that's what you're going to get here. I'm excited to travel this road with you. Let's get going. Welcome back to another episode of Unleash Your Soul Song. I'm Becky Fleischer, your host. You guys, we're almost through 2020. Yes, the year that no one could have predicted is almost over. Now, certainly the hardship that we have been facing this year, that's not over yet. We still have a ways to go though I think we're starting to see some light at the end of the tunnel, which is encouraging and a little renewing, right? A few days ago, I posted a quote by Deepak Chopra on my Instagram page that says, energy flows where attention goes. And it's something I always really try to be very mindful about because I really, really believe that. But 2020 was hard. It was hard because It was kind of relentless in its demands on my attention. I don't know how you felt about that, but that's how I experienced it. So much has gone down this year. So much that deserves our attention. So much that deserves a spotlight to be shined on it. So much to be sad or even angry about. But also so much to be grateful for. There was a whole lot about this year that we couldn't control, but where and how we focus our attention, that's on us. How we choose to see things, that's our choice. And in my last episode, I invited you to renew your energy by focusing your attention on the silver linings that you've seen in this really challenging year and sharing those sightings with me through the Silver Linings Project which is going on now through the end of 2020. And I want to thank all of you who have already participated and those of you who texted me with thanks for offering that guided reflection to help you remember those moments of joy and gratitude from this year. If you haven't had time to listen to the last show and you have no idea what I'm talking about, you can go back anytime. It's episode 18, Renew Your Energy and Lift Up Others with Silver Linings. Or you can just go to my website, And you can download a free guide to go through on your own. I will link to all of it in the show notes. So no worries, you can get caught up. But the whole point of the Silver Linings Project is to really reflect on 2020 and be intentional about where we're putting our attention. What are we going to pay attention to? And I'm asking you to find those silver linings, those moments of joy, those moments of gratitude, the the positive things that maybe came out of this really negative year overall. I would love it if you would share those silver linings for a very special show that I'm doing in January. And it's so easy. It's so easy to participate. All you have to do is visit theintuneexperience.com and click on podcast. And at the top of the page you'll see the silver linings project and a place where you can capture your reflections. It's a simple voice memo. You just click the record button, Listen back to what you recorded and hit send. It's really just that easy. And like I said, I'll put a link in the show notes so it's even easier to get to. The recorder is going to stay open until the end of the year. So please encourage your friends and family and really anyone to participate because I really believe that the act of reflecting on the positive things from this year, it's going to help renew our energy. And it's going to help us all prepare for whatever comes our way in 2021. And I think it's really going to help us set a really positive table for a year that I think can be really, really great. Now, not only that, but I also know that sharing silver linings can help lift up other people. I really like to do that. And I'm sure that you do too. So I hope that you will participate because when you share your silver linings from your experience, I can almost guarantee that you're going to be reflecting in on something or remembering something that someone else may also have had that same experience but totally forgot about. And they would just love to be reminded of. So be a silver lining for yourself and be a silver lining for someone else. And please, please participate in the Silver Linings Project by the end of 2020. So the thing about silver linings that is so interesting to me is that They're the meeting spot of two opposites, stormy clouds and a sunny sky. And sadly, I think it's really kind of representative of the dominant posture of thinking in modern times. You know, things are very, very binary these days. Things are either right or wrong. It's yes or no. And there seems to be like there seems to be like no patience or space to hold the middle the spot where we actually find the silver linings, where we find compassion, acceptance, love, and solutions. They sit right there in the middle in the silver linings. And my guest today, she is living in the silver lining, that space where everything belongs, all parts of who you are. Aurela Farron is a creative coach, dynamic consultant and professional artist. She combines a high level of emotional intelligence with advanced certifications and a passion for celebrating personal empowerment and cultural awareness. Arela grew up in the theater. She performed as a dancer and an actor and even a clown on stages all over the world. Her career in the arts shifted to revolve around leadership development and social-emotional learning when she moved to the Bay Area after a long stint in Europe. She spent many years facilitating leadership development workshops for women based in theater education, as well as devoting the last four years to working as the director of a female empowerment social justice dance company in San Francisco. Her creative endeavors have now expanded into writing, film, and voiceover work. And here is where the magic comes in, you guys. Arela hit a moment in her life when she wisely teased out the essence of who she is, what that unique thing is that she's here to embody in this world. She teased that out from the expressions that it had been taking. She had been mistaking her essence for the work she had been doing. Remember those surface level skills we talked about? She had fallen into that trap. But once she broke the code and set herself free, she was able to start consistently weaving together her loves of human connection, storytelling, deep self-reflection, and the arts into a beautiful, beautiful coaching and consulting practice. So in a year that has been so unstable and so uncertain, In a year when so many people are convincing themselves that this is just not the time to follow your dreams or unleash your soul song, Arela made the leap into full-time entrepreneurship with her own coaching and consulting business. She is in such a beautiful flow of energy, you guys. She set her attention on what really matters, honoring all parts of herself, honoring the essence of what she is being called to do and the energy and the business, it's just flowing for her. Now, her approach is unique in that she brings personal and professional development through an artistic lens, and she is so open and honest about her journey and the fact that she is living life as a laboratory, always iterating and always growing. We met through the Playing Big Facilitators training program, and let me tell you, she is walking the walk and playing big. I can't wait for you to meet her. So let's get going. Arela, I'm so excited to be here with you today. Welcome to Unleash Your Soul Song.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I was thrilled that you reached out to have me on the podcast.
1: Oh, well, it's been such a delight to connect with you. We have so many things in common with our art with our experience in women's leadership development and our passion for living creatively and really just pushing for greater potential. Mm. And I'm so inspired by your work. I I loved digging through your website. And I can't wait to dive in here because you're doing something so unique in the way you're weaving together your passions and experiences with human connection, storytelling, self-reflection with the arts and how you took a major leap of faith and bringing all these aspects together by launching your coaching business yes. is something that I think is so cool. And and you say on your website, how you do that through an artistic lens. So that really caught my attention mm. when I was checking you out. So why don't you take us on a little trip through your journey from growing up in theater to moving into leadership development. And now you're in personal and professional development through coaching So I'm curious what your journey was like, and what were some of the milestones along the way that really signified turning points for you?
0: Yes. So I grew up in Northern California, and my intro to performing was really through dance and then through the circus. And so I grew up going to a circus and performing arts camp in Northern California called Camp Win a Rainbow. And it is actually run by Wavy Gravy, who was the (laughs) host of Woodstock and a famous clown with the Merry Pranksters. And I was lucky enough to train and tour with Patch Adams. Did you ever see that movie with Robin Williams, the Patch Adams movie? Yes, absolutely. Beautiful. So, yeah, so I got a chance to tour with his company when I was 16. And so spent a lot of time, really, I was dancing, I was clowning, I was doing some clowning in the streets, and then it took me to majoring in college in theater with a focus in dance choreography. And what really happened there was it really all came together for me to realize that I just loved how collaborative the theater was. And it was the one place that really encouraged me every single time to give a hundred percent. Everybody's role made sense. Everybody had a purpose. Everyone knew what they were meant to do. And it was so interdependent. And we were studying stories and the human experience. And on stage, everyone was just allowed to be so emotional and expressive. You were celebrated for really diving in to the entire emotional experience. And I was entranced. I just fell in love and knew pretty right away that that was uh, definitely what I wanted to do professionally, which took it out of sort of the, this is fun realm that it had been in growing up. And I followed it. I followed it all over. I spent multiple years in Europe. I was training, And traveling and uh, performing on stages and teaching. And I remember when I came back was really a major turning point for me. I was 25 and I felt so lost. I had been, uh, I had three degrees at that point, all in the performing arts. And I felt like I'd had so much training, but my skill set was so confusing for me to make sense of. Like I was always the girl, you know, at the party or at the dinner table wanting to, you know, within a few moments, just sort of in a deep dive with somebody into their family history and their deepest fears and greatest desires and trying to make sense and connect the dots out of it. And I seem to always have, you know, whether it was a poem that resonated or a good question or just could relate and i mean you know when you feel it's so often that we feel like we're the only people that feel this way and yeah. um, and so i just found i was always that person that wanted to talk about it and connect and so when i came home i thought there was something wrong with me because i didn't see a straight path for my future and i felt like i'd been trained and taken the route that was in front of me but I couldn't make sense of what I was really meant to do. I loved the arts and then I loved talking to people this way and and it didn't add up to anything. Mm. And so I, I actually, I went to Kaiser and I decided to go see a psychologist because I was sure that there was something wrong with me and I remember I took all of the tests at this psychologist's office, and I was just desperate for them to say, Oh, well, you know, this is what's wrong, and that's why you can't really make sense of yourself, and here is a pill that will fix everything. And too bad you got all these degrees and did everything, because really the problem is over here. And that's not what they said. And instead, <laughs> looking back on it now, it is wild. Instead, the woman said, You know, actually, I believe that what's really going on is that you are an artist and you should try mindfulness. I think that would really help. And I remember, you know, she made some notes in my chart and I walked out just baffled. And that was sort of the beginning for me. I started to, I got really into Buddhism. I started going to Dharma talks and studying Buddhism and And before I knew it, I had been hired to begin to train uh, mothers and daughters and women in leadership development and finding their own voice and self-care and communication skills. And I was working for an organization called Girls Leadership based out of Oakland. And I had to memorize all this material and it was incredibly well-researched material. There are in a phenomenal organization. And I started combining the performing and the theater education and the improv with leading these women's circles. And I couldn't believe a job like that existed. And it had fallen into my lap. I I had been performing with a woman who thought I might be good at it. And you know, a year after that, before I knew it, again, fell into my lap. Um, Actually, I was on a trip. I was in Africa and uh, with a girlfriend, and there was a tree next to me and I took this little seed and um, I planted this seed next to this tree. It was on the beach, it was in Africa. And I remember saying, I am ready for the next phase of my life. I'm ready for the next moment in my life. And I planted that seed and I stood on the beach and I didn't really know what it would mean. And we flew home, and within 24 hours, out of nowhere, I got an email offering me a job at the dance company that I just was the director of. It was called the Girl Brigade at Dance Mission Theater here in San Francisco. And it was a girl empowerment, social justice dance company for 90 teenage girls, producing all of their material um, and all of their content around leadership development for girls and feminist politics and it was. It blew my mind. It fell out of the stars. I, within ten seconds, I responded and said, "Yes, I want this job."
1: That's incredible. So, right, I mean, you literally planted a seed. I, I and said, and called it out and said, "I'm ready for this next thing to happen." I and did. You get home, and there comes the email saying, "Here it is. Here it's you go."
0: Twenty four hours of my plane landing, and I just said yes, and it took me on a whole other journey. And there I was with these two jobs in, you know, based in theater education and dance and just getting to utilize all of these questions and skills and, you know, listening, conversation, public speaking, all of it, um, really more in the consulting hat, but being able to, I mean, just blend all of it. It opened my mind to what was possible in such a new way. And before I had really seen these these as different tracks you know there was Mm -hmm. art world that I'd been in always and then there was this inquiry question that I'd been living with around what do I do with this deeper desire you know in my bones I just knew that I wanted to also be having these conversations around these bigger questions of who am I and who are you and how do we make sense of this and how do we work with our inner worlds how do we form healthy relationships with our Emotional selves, and and how do we soar in these ways, and what works, what doesn't work?
1: Wow, there's so many things that you just said in there that I love so much. One of them was that there's there was no straight path for you, and you couldn't see a straight path for where how to bring all these skills together. And you recently had an article published in People Development Magazine, which I will link to in the show notes so everybody can read. It's a it's a great article, really. It's so good. You talk about your experience at Kaiser. Um, And being diagnosed as an artist, which is super cool. I think that's amazing that they had the insight to see that and to say, there's nothing wrong with you. You know, you're an artist. You approach life with an artistic sensibility. But the title of your article is Sensitivity is My Superpower, which I thought was great because I do think people, and you say in the article, people who are sensitive or are inclined with, you know, or, or have the gifts with soft skills or the creative arts, It can be hard to figure out how to make sense of yourself or how to marry these things with what our society deems as, quote, important work or work that's going to make you a living. That can be so hard. And so the fact that you were able to weave those things together and that it just started to come together organically once you put your finger on the fact, I'm an artist and here's how I need to approach things. And then all of a sudden things just started materializing for you. It's incredible.
0: It is incredible. I I can't, you know, I lay in bed at night sometimes, and <laughs> I just marinate in the story myself. I mean, I can't really, there are so many things along the way that have allowed it to be true. And I'm still so much in the journey myself. And I think that's something that I love about it so much is, it is an ever evolving story. And it, it gets to reinvent itself over and over but this journey of true self acceptance and of being able to really step into my own power and my own clarity i think so often it is the the layer of confusion that gets in the way and those voices of self doubt and of the inner critic and these narratives that can be so limiting You know, for me, one of my most limiting beliefs was that I had to fit into a box. I had to be one thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, for a long time for me, it was I had to be a dancer. That was what I did. That's what I was, you know, on the career path to do. And I was working for two different dance companies and I had success. And yet all of these other parts of me were just yearning to be expressed and were so unhappy. And they needed time and attention and space and it yeah. wasn't until i really got honest about that and that was you know there's some quote i'm, I'm going to botch it but you know nothing we really care about we ever let go of with that isn't covered in claw marks and mm. i was clawing i was gripping at the identity of being a dancer because it fit into society and it worked and it was easy i thought but the reality was it wasn't easy for me because it didn't fit. I was more than that. That was a part of me. And, you know, you you asked about some milestones. I remember about a year and a half ago, I went on a retreat up in Wallala, um, up in Northern California, and I went on a solar retreat and I'd never done anything like that. And I went to go see some Ayurvedic doctors and I was sitting within um, an astrologer who was giving me a reading. and. I remember after my reading, he said, you're not a dancer. You are a healer that dances. Mm. And it changed everything for me. It really did open up this world of how I identified and what I identified with and, and what boxes I didn't need to try to fit into anymore. I didn't need to try to make sense of these things anymore. and you know he, that that astrologer really encouraged you know your work is around healing and the arena is in the arts and he said you don't need to search further <laughs> that you're already on the path
1: what a gift what a gift for him to i mean really because what he did there and i think there's so much of what you're saying that applies across the board not just to people who are who have artistic sensibilities or who have the soft skills, but to anyone who is at a point in their life, which most of my listeners are, where they're at a crossroads, where they're feeling like they're being called by something else, that this life force within them wants to take on a different, perhaps expression than what it has in the past. But you feel confined, like you said, you feel confined to fit it into a particular box that's been predefined. And you can't always do that. And you have to get real creative about how to weave those together. But what that healer did for you was to help tease out the essence of what you do and said, this is the essence of who you are. You're a healer. And then your expression comes through dance, but it can also come through leadership training. It could also come through coaching. It could also come through, you know, fill in the blank. And I'm sure, as you said, you're on this journey. It's ever evolving, which is the beautiful part of it all. Who knows what's going to come next, but the fact that he could help you tease out the essence is so beautiful, and I think that's that's where a lot of people get tripped up. We get really identified with our surface level skills, and we don't dig deeper to find what's the essence. The skills are just the way you're expressing them, and so what's the essence? I what a that would be a very powerful milestone, I think.
0: Yeah, and and just to dovetail that, you know, I think we so often get caught up in you know what i call black and white thinking where mm-hmm. it's you know i'm either this or that or i can identify with this or that you know for me what it really looked like was i didn't know if i needed to live in the city because i was an artist or in the country because i wanted to be calm and you know have have a more serene life And those couldn't coexist. Or for me, it was well, I have an acting agent and I love to play dress up and I love to be in front of the camera and I love to rock out with lipstick on and stilettos. And I love to sit meditation and cook good food and take care of my body and, you know, focus on my health. And I couldn't make sense of the fact that those were both equally true and they were not in competition. And so for me that was where when I finally landed on feelings are sexy it just worked for me it just made sense all of a sudden it was like you can be a firecracker and wear wild outfits and be in films and be love to travel the world and go camping and you know all of it it just it all worked i didn't need to i didn't need to even try to make sense of that there was just room for all of it and you know some of the words that I live by, you know, pretty religiously, are, you know, more than one thing is always true at the same time.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And it's just become my mantra. And I cannot believe how permission giving that has been for me.
1: Yeah. There's a Franciscan priest that I follow. His name is Richard Rohr. He's pretty well known in the contemplative circles. And he wrote a book called Everything Belongs. And he is a big proponent of this, you know, which is, everything belongs. It can all fit. It's the binary dualistic thinking that we have trapped ourselves in that that's, that's what makes us believe that's not possible, that everything doesn't belong. It's just so beautiful how you're weaving it all together. So you were, you were at that dance, you know, troupe, you were, well, the dance studio where you were the manager Mm -hmm. and organizing all these things for the girls and doing all these programs. And are you still doing that, or did you break completely to go into your, what you're doing now, which is your coaching business?
0: So I broke completely. I left my role. I was the director of this company, so I was producing a lot of shows. I was teaching. I was choreographing. You know, it was. It's run by a team of women. Um, but yeah, so I had this director role, which was very consuming and exciting and wonderful. But I really had to get honest about this gnawing feeling I had inside that there was something else out there for me. There was something bigger that I wanted to do. And, you know, again, leaving something, letting go, it had claw marks. I, I Mm had thought about leaving for long time really before I did. And, but once I finally did, so I left just, I think October 1st was my last day of being the full-time director there. It has been phenomenal. I mean, the affirmation that I have received from Everyone and everywhere in this choice has been so affirming, um, and so I have maintained. I've I go in. I've been going in a little bit to lead uh, to lead some circles, and to I've been teaching art and some personal reflection with with the uh, with the students over there. But I have really transitioned to full time in my coaching and consulting and I've been writing and, you know, have a lot of projects going. Like you said, I just published an article and I'll be on set this coming weekend. I'm filming a movie that will be coming out in January uh, for a production company, this film company here in San Francisco and seeing clients. And it's just been so exciting to really step into my own journey of entrepreneurship. I am a lifetime student. I love to learn. I'm always, you know, right now I'm in this training where we met and am loving just really getting to do a deeper dive into working with women. And it's just been thrilling.
1: So thrilling. So you made this leap, this huge leap where you said, I'm going to step out of this director's role that you loved. I mean, you just got done saying that you loved it. It was challenging, it was inspiring, but you knew there was something more and I I'm curious, how much of the more could you see when you decided to make that jump? Because I think for a lot of people, they want to know, you know, it's like, I want to see the whole plan, I want to know it's going to work. And I want to know that it's all going to be worked out. And before they'll take any kind of, you know, movement toward it. How did you how do you bridge that from going from, you have your job and it's a steady job. You're not the person who's in charge of everything, right? It's not all on your back. You're the director, but it's not your company. Right. Now you're moving over to someplace that it is your company. That's a big, you know, that's a taking on something really big. So how did you bridge that going from one thing to the other?
0: It was Cathartic. Um, I can actually. Okay. So I had driven down. So, like I said, I finished my job October 1st and October 2nd, early in the morning. I got in my car and I drove. I drive this. <laughs> I drive an S70 1998 Silver Volvo. And we call it the boat. It's like the heaviest car. Um, and I got in the car and I drove all the way down to Los Angeles and I had a little retreat with two girlfriends and who are also in their coach journey, essentially. And we had all gotten together to design programs that we were going to offer. And we were going to do it in, we're going to stay in the house in LA and Santa Monica for three days. And we our intention was to really leave the weekend with each of us having a package that we were going to offer like a program, six week program that we were going to offer for women or different things respectively.
1: And just really quick, I just want to point out, this was after you left your job. So you had your last day and then you're like, and now I'm going to go develop my program.
0: So the more, yes, exactly. (laughs) The morning after I got in the car and I drove down to LA to have this weekend to be like, okay, you know, I do believe often we have to fully close a door in order to open the next door. And it is, I think it's really, challenging that that's true but i think it's really common that we do have to truly let something go Mm -hmm. to be open to the next thing and we can often not see or imagine the next thing even remotely we are just listening to a visceral deep knowing a deeper intuition that there is something else. And that for me was what I was listening to. I just knew it. And I'd known it for so long, I tried to resist it. I tried to put it down, I tried to shove it away. And then I finally surrendered to, okay, I have to listen to this. And so I closed that door and immediately turned around and started this new project. But it has taken a completely different form even in just the last two months. Than I thought at the beginning, so I went down with the intention to create a package to offer, like a six-week or eight-week course, like I said, and I kept getting tripped up because I didn't – I kept trying to do what I'd seen other people do. Yeah, I kept trying to listen to all of these different marketing things and all of these different ways to be a coach or ways to be a consultant or how to start your business or how to do this. And I'd been studying it for a couple of months before I left, but I, it didn't have a form. And when I sat down, I just kept getting stuck. And instead, all of a sudden, in one of our conversations, we we're sort of doing this group coaching all weekend with these two other women. And all of a sudden, I realized I was doing the same thing I'd always done. I was trying to repeat what I'd seen other people do, because it felt safe. It felt predictable. It felt like it would work if I could only replicate this. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't true for me. It wasn't actually what I had to offer or what I had to say. And Oh, and it was like the greatest relief in the world. All of a sudden, I couldn't stop writing. I stayed up until 2 a.m., two nights in a row. I wrote a bio. I wrote, I ended up writing all of the contents of that website you saw. Wow. And all of it. I mean, it it was done. And I had no package to offer. And I had no real business plan. But I had who I was. And in a way that was more clear than I had ever been able to articulate it. And it was like, all I remember a long time ago, I had someone say, you're gonna know when you're wearing the right costume. And it was that flashed into my mind immediately. It was just like, oh my goodness, this is it.
1: I love that, I love that. I mean, mostly because, and you know, because I, I when I first reached out, I said to you, I've looked all over your website. I have to admit, I'm like fangirling all over the place. It's so it's so unique, but it is so clear, and that's so hard to do when you're doing what you're doing, which is something that's out of the box. It's not like what anybody else is doing. And so articulating that in a way that can come across clear to people, that's a difficult thing. Mm. But what I just heard you say is that it's when you gave yourself permission to just let everybody else's way of doing it go and to just flow into your own knowing that it just came out.
0: It just came out. I mean, it, and it, it's amazing. it just didn't feel and continues to, it doesn't feel like anything I've ever experienced before. I mean, this last couple of months since I put this out and have started to work with clients and have started to, I mean, the reception has been, like I said, I mean, it's just been so affirming. And I am finding my voice and I've been so inspired. And I mean, I'm getting tripped up even just trying to talk about it or put it into words.
1: I'm sure. Well, partly is you're right in the middle of it, right? Like part of it is you're, you're still living it. You're still iterating. You're still in the process. But but you left in October and here we sit in early December. So we're what, you're just a month and a half into this, you know, new business. Yeah. And you're telling me you already have clients, which there's no way you had clients before you left your your job, right? Because you didn't even know what you were offering. So no, I mean that's incredible. I
0: know. And and so I'm just learning, you know, I'm at the beginning of really learning the business end and what I'm doing. And yeah, I mean, I'm working with multiple clients. And it has just blown my mind. It's been the greatest gift from the universe and I feel so lucky to have this platform now to be truly expressing myself and expressing all of the different parts of myself. And you know, just in building that website, like I I had written all of the contents, I had everything on one Google Doc. It was done. I came home and my my partner Alex and I, we stayed up until 3:30 in the morning. And we just were drinking coffee and eating pizza, and listening to rock and roll. And it was like, I was back in college, like writing a paper, like we made the whole thing basically in a night and, you know, we've done some refining, but that's, you know, that's another thing that I would say. I just feel so fortunate. I, I really do believe that when you have someone and it doesn't have to be romantic at all but just having a relationship with someone whether it's a mentor or a friend or a parent or a sibling or a spiritual teacher or you know or a spouse or a partner that really truly where you can experience trust viscerally where you can really feel that someone believes in you what is possible then what is possible What it does to one person's capacity to be able to thrive in whatever area they want to thrive in. But what that foundation does, and just having my partner be so excited and supportive and helping me, you know, he has a tech background, and I just feel so lucky that I had been able to also really get a lot of support. And I think we all deserve so much support in finding our way to express ourselves and to step into the arenas that we want to and that has just made a huge difference.
1: Yeah, I hear that over and over again with people saying that about people who've made big shifts in their life, and they've said that's a very consistent thread, is that they had someone. It it just needed to be one person. Sometimes it was a friend. Sometimes it was a partner. Sometimes it was a business partner
0: Mm -hmm.
1: or a spouse, like you said, but it can be that's all it takes is that one person, because you do go through a lot of self doubt. And there's always moments where you're thinking, what am I doing? Am I crazy? Am I losing my mind here? Uh, And to have that person kind of have your back and to be helping to put some wind under your sails. That's so important. I'm, I'm happy for you that you had that with your partner. And I hope that that's what this show can do for some people who maybe haven't found their person yet, is they can kind of tap into this And feel the energy that you're giving off here about your own story and realize, yeah, it's possible. These things are possible to make these jumps, to go on the journey, to experience it, and to keep pushing through. So incredible. So you now have a thriving coaching and consulting business, which is terrific. You do it with a very purposeful intention of looking at life through an artistic lens. But you don't just work with artists I'm assuming. I'm assuming you could, you work with anyone in any area of their life that they're trying to move forward. So, can you tell us a little bit about what are you doing now, and what are you, who are you working with, and how did you find those people? How's it all coming together for you?
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, so, I really, I I published an article and put two posts on Instagram, and that is really how it all has started. And from that, it's been, uh, and through the website really. So I have had people contact me just directly through seeing the website and through those two posts on Instagram that I made. And I don't have an Instagram following. I want one, but, (laughs) uh, I don't have one. And so it really has blown my mind, you know, and I posted that article on, LinkedIn as well. So it's been pretty minimal around just social media and having published that website and the way that it's been received. So that really is what I've done to start getting clients. And it has been, it's been a success. I I feel very excited and very fortunate. And so far, I have just been working with women, though I don't feel, I don't feel close to working with men or non-gender conforming, you know, I feel really open to whoever I work with. And right now my work really feels like a laboratory to discover, you know, what exactly I'm doing right now and and to discover how I can put all of these resources and everything that I've done together to serve others. And I've really been focusing on working with, you know, the voice of self-doubt and the inner critic and how to move through these binary thoughts that can be really limiting and to step into our own power. And from there, being able to make action plans and really create strategies and milestones and and create goals out of desire. You know, desire can often feel really vague and getting really clear with the support of someone that helps you with accountability can be really helpful. And it is, you know, like like we were talking about before, we become so identified with all these voices in our head. Mm-hmm. I think a real starting point for so many is getting really intimate with those voices in our head, and to notice how those are impacting the actions we take, and then being able to separate those strands and move forward in action with a collaborative and supported mindset to really self-actualize. And and I think that looks so different. I'm working with people who are focusing very much on their career. Focusing on self-care plans, focusing on how to be more present with their families or on, you know, what it means to be an artist or to move to Europe and take these leaps. You know, so it's really been a range so far.
1: Oh, that's incredible. So much you just said I could dig into. I feel like I <laughs> have to decide which direction I want to go right now because I'm part of me is thinking, wow, you put yourself out there in this new way. And I know for some of my previous guests that I spoke to when they made shifts in their life, they had trouble kind of bringing the people along, you know, the people they had known and people who had known them in one particular way. Then when they changed, you know, it was hard for people to take them seriously in their new endeavor. Have you bumped up against that? I mean, you you just said, I don't really have an Instagram following and I don't, I'd like to have one, but I don't have one. And I just posted this on my LinkedIn. So I think a lot of people would think, I can't make that move. I don't have that following. I don't have the momentum. But you put yourself right out there. Did you hit that moment yourself of that you know, imposter syndrome or self-doubt or just fear of putting yourself out in a new way and, and being received by people? Was any of that popping up for you?
0: Great question. And you know what I have to say is that I feel like I spent an entire lifetime riddled in the imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. And it just determined everything I did. I mean, it it was what I led with in so many ways for so long that when I made the commitment and felt the freedom to shift, it was the first thing to go. And I can honestly say, I can't even believe that this is what I'm saying, but I'm not experiencing it anymore. And I'm sure it'll come back. I mean, life is cyclical. It'll come back, of course, or they'll mm-hmm. be a bigger stage to play on and it'll come at that time. But in this moment, it is not part of what I'm doing. And I was always terrified of social media and I didn't like it. You know, I never, I think in a lot of ways I was born at you know the wrong time. You know, I was a swing dancer and always into the vintage era and fashion and music and, you know, like to go back back and just I, I wasn't really, I've never been a big tech person, but I all of a sudden am feeling like social media and all of these things are such incredible platforms for self-expression that it feels creative and it feels exciting and I feel curious. I am leading with curiosity and experimentation in everything I do. And so it's not scary. It I've been able to take a step back and just say, what works? And so, you know, from, oh, if I post in the morning, it seems like I get more uh, engagement than if I post in the evening, I'll just stick to that for a while. Or, oh, if I post this type of content versus that type of content, seems to have a different landing, I'll go with that. And so there's just so much room to experiment right now. And I think what you said is great insight around people being able to shift with you when you pivot. and. I've definitely experienced a little bit of that I'd say more with family where you know stepping into a new arena and people have the way that they've always related to you and they're like oh what what are you doing what is that what does that mean exactly and how do you know what to do and I just take it you know as a practice ground for my elevator pitch <laughs> thats mm-hmm. that's been my approach of this is what I do and this is how I know how to how to do it and this is why I'm qualified and. It's also a good practice in not getting so tied up in what other people are saying or thinking.
1: Mm, so so powerful that piece right there. Yeah, not getting so tied up—that is so hard. Oh, so, so hard. hard.
0: And and I think so. You know, I think years of practicing mindfulness and Buddhism are really helpful to be able to zoom out and say, "Oh, okay." maybe that person had an experience with entrepreneurship that was really challenging for them. So they're filtering that through that lens, or maybe that person has had a hard day or they're hungry, or maybe that person saw a coach and didn't have a positive experience. So that's part of this conversation for them and just not taking it on or not taking it personally. And I've hardly had any of that experience, but the little moments I've had have been with family that you know, like I said, relate to me in some ways around when I was a child and and wasn't able to fully express myself yet. I was still confused. And so that's part of that narrative for them. And I get to stand on this side of it and in this moment and just be so excited. People always get on board. I mean, excitement and joy is infectious. You know, I remember at Camp Winter Rainbow, we used to wake up in the morning and we had to come stand outside in a big circle, like 150 of us. And we would just have to laugh for 10 minutes to start the day. And that was our daily medicine. And I think that it it's so, you know, it's like watching comedy, you know, you laugh and they laugh on the screen and you laugh with them. And then everything changes. And I think when somebody just really continues to Put themselves out there and model what it looks like to really turn what used to be so challenging. You know, this, I was so weighed down by feeling like being sensitive or being an artist or being inquisitive, you know, was a problem. There wasn't a place for that in the world. And now that I've created a place for it in the world and it gets, it gets to be what I'm doing. It doesn't have to be what I'm doing because there's no other options, It gets to be what I do. I know that everyone will also, you know, come along with me on the ride. And I feel really fortunate. I do have a very supportive family. And I know that that's not everybody's reality. And I think there are a lot of different ways to approach that and to go about that. And, you know, we choose a lot of family along the way with us for a lot of different reasons. And I have chosen family and community as well as a supportive, you know, immediate family. And I feel really fortunate in that as well.
1: Oh, that is so good and so very powerful. I mean, you can tell that you have, you've done the work and in so many ways, I think that that's kind of a hallmark of someone who can be a successful coach is someone who has actually done this work and they've experienced this themselves. And so they, they do have that faith, you know, there's a faith element that they're is something else on the other side. Mm-hmm. You have to believe that to be able to walk through what are difficult challenges and difficult internal dialogues that you might be running in your head mm-hmm. to get those to calm down. Like you said, you don't really feel like you're suffering from imposter syndrome at the moment. It's because you've learned how to turn it down. You've learned how to manage that. It's not because it ever goes away totally, but there are tools and you you know them now. And so I think that's what makes someone a, a good coach is that they can draw on that experience, they can draw on their training, and they can help walk people through that. One of the things I loved seeing on your website in this, oh, it's so spoke to me, is you talk about people, you know, who have perhaps maybe been down the personal development path before, mm-hmm. you know, they've done the Myers-Briggs, you've done the Strengths Finder, the Luminous Sparks, or, you know, they found their Enneagram type, all of which I have done. So, <laughs> so I'm right here saying, yeah, oh yeah, yeah I've done all of those. Um, <laughs> but it, but but you go one step further which is why I I love this and I can tell that you're 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 deep here because you said you know it's great to see those aspects of yourself recognized and to be called out in in an articulate way in these you know particular modalities but then there's always the question of so what you know what now what do i do with this information i mean self knowledge is helpful but the how do i apply it what do i do with this and i love that your approach seems to be more of the what do I do with this now? How do I get to know myself more? And what do I do with this? And that kind of comes through on your website, you have some things on your website, the the 12 characters and the five E's and some good things that people can dig into. So it seems like you have created some avenues for people who have maybe previously felt like I've done the self development work. And so what?
0: Yeah. I mean, that was my experience. I felt like, you know, I mean, I, I've i done so many different things in the personal development realm and continue to do so. I mean, I am always, like I said, always love to be a student and to be learning and to be self-reflecting. You know, I've done the artist's way. I've, you know, various things. And I really do find that things fall short of what do we do now that we've identified this about ourselves? How do we then work with this? Mm -hmm. You know, at at the dance company uh, that I was at for years, you know, I'm a seven on the Enneagram. I'm the enthusiast. I'm not sure how familiar you are, but...
1: I'm unfamiliar.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. And so the whole company in a lot of ways was run... On the Enneagram, you know, every time anyone walked in the door, it was, oh, well, they're a seven or they're a three, or they did that because they're a four with a five wing. And and so there was this understanding and it was this language that we all spoke. And for me, it was great, but it didn't go deep into and okay, so we've identified this, and now how do we how do we work with that in the ways that Those personalities show up in our life? Or what if I'd like to harness that more? What if that's challenging for me and I want to harness it? Or what if that's great and I want to turn the dial up and make sure that my whole life revolves around that piece of that personality? Or, you know, and so it just didn't provide agency. And I am a huge advocate for having agency over what we'd like to have agency over. And for me, I really wanted agency over the relationship that I had with my feelings. You know, I've always been someone that feels, I feel passionately and deeply. And when I harness that and put that in the right place, oh my goodness, it is fire. Yeah. You can tell. You know, whether I'm on stage or, you know, in front of the camera or leading a workshop or working one-on-one with a client, I mean, it is fire. But if I don't have the same quality in a different, you know, and the other side of it, it can overwhelm me. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't serve me to just be aware of it or it does, but it can go deeper. I can be aware of it. And then I can have agency over how I use it, when I turn it down, when I turn it up, what parts of my career accentuate this, you know, what is the correct environment? I get to align my life with with myself, instead of, you know, the way I think it's supposed to be based on all of these external ideas. And so, yeah, I did, I created these 12 characters. And they're based on clients and friends and colleagues and research and myself. And, you know, my work really, again, is a laboratory, like I said, is really discovering all of the different methods around working with these different personality types and I feel really passionate about about this mission right now and around normalizing normalizing feelings and normalizing that we are emotional beings and that that can be used to the greatest good. Mm.
1: I love this. I can't I'm so happy that you're on the show and that I'm introducing you to our listeners let them know where they can find you because I really I want them to go to your website. I loved your website so much. Number one, it's beautiful. You could tell right away that you're an artist that comes through so clearly. It's a beautifully done website. And the content, like I said, is very clear. You do have this information, the five E's, the 12 characters, there's, there's insightful stuff up there for people. So let everybody know what's your website, where can they find you on Instagram? What's the best place to connect with you?
0: Beautiful. Thank you. Yes. So my website is my full name. So it's arelaferron.com. So A-R-E-Y-L-A-F-A-E-R-O-N. So arelaferron.com. Same on Instagram, um, just at arelaferron. And my email, you can find everything in there. That's great. And
1: I'll link to that, all of that in the show notes as well, so that people have really quick and easy access to it. I can't thank you enough for being here today, and mostly I want to thank you because I feel like you, you are, you're you down the road in your journey for sure, but, but you're so honest about the iterative nature of it, and I think so often people don't open up with that kind of honesty because they feel like they have to be the expert. They have to be the one with all the answers, and you said it more than once that your work is a laboratory. And I think that that's wonderful. Life is a laboratory and you're farther down the path and you have skills and you have insights and you have training and things that are going to be helpful to your clients. But the fact you're still growing is going to make you the most powerful coach. And so I, I thank you for being so honest with us about your journey and about where you are and how you're bringing all these pieces together because it's such a unique thing to see someone bringing all of these different parts together. It's so, so, so inspiring. And so I really thank you for being here and um, helping us all get a little bug to follow our own curiosity and to kind of go down our own path that may not be conventional. It's so wonderful. Thank you for being here.
0: Well, I cannot thank you enough, Becky, for having me. It has been so enjoyable and such a pleasure. Thank you again so much.
1: Oh, everybody, what'd you think? Isn't Arela great? I am just so inspired by her story. The fact that she literally planted a seed, literally, I have to pause there. Parks and Rec fans, anyone? Yes. (laughs) I have to laugh every time I do that, but she literally planted a seed in Africa, asking her new life to take root. And then it just sprouted right up all the way to her breakthrough when she finally gave herself permission to launch her coaching practice her way, to put her unique stamp on it, regardless of how other people had found success, which I think is a trap so many of us fall into. We just want to copy whoever was successful and how'd they do it and show me how they did it, and I'll just do it that way. But that's not how it works, you guys. That's not where the magic is. She found her clients and her success through her authentic voice by doing it her way. In the middle of a pandemic, after she quit her job, without a master plan for how this was going to unfold, without her offerings or even knowing what her coaching was going to circle around, oh my goodness, the woman has unleashed her soul song. She is living in the silver lining. And I hope that you will too. Let's go find those silver linings from 2020 together. You can participate in the Silver Linings Project until the end of the year, so be sure to follow the link in the show notes for more information. And I would love to hear your thoughts on today's show. Did you get something valuable from it? If you did, I would be so grateful if you would leave a review on iTunes or tell a friend or even post up a screenshot of the show on Instagram. And if you tag at Unleash Your Soul Song, I can be sure to say thank you. So please do that. Now, why am I asking you to do this? It's really because I just want everyone to unleash their soul song because the world needs all of our authentic, beautiful music now more than ever. So tis the busy season, you guys. I know how full your days are. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you so much have a great week and I'll talk to you soon you and me you and me he and, and, me. and she he and she next door neighbor stranger down the street warm and chain warm and chain, grab the cloud the, clouds. Grab the clouds. cause we haven't even touched our highest ground no we haven't even touched our highest ground. We haven't even touched our highest ground. Unleash Your Soul Song is recorded and edited in 426 Studios, the music production company that I co own. For more information about our music and our services, please visit www.four26studios.com. That's www.426studios.com.